Well, good morning, everybody. Back again. That was a good video, wasn't it? Did you notice who wrote it? <laughs> well, uh, it's uh, a privilege um, to come and actually talk this morning. Jamie and I have talked about, about uh, the fact that uh, so much has happened in Torch over three years. And actually, it's a good chance, actually, in the Lord's uh, provision to come and talk to you a little bit about that. But first, I want to just set some foundations and uh, from scripture so if we could have the first slide sandy so we're we're thinking this morning what does the kingdom of god look like it's an intriguing question isn't it um and i think it's important that that we think about that before we go on to think about other things because anybody looking down on our planet today is going to be uh wondering trying to make sense of what on earth is going on because you would quickly see there are just so many kingdoms all competing for one another, aren't there? So many kingdoms. It's chaotic. In fact, you don't even know which kingdom is which, do you? You can't see the lines because they're blurred. There are kingdoms that are marked, in some cases, by borders, by battle lines, the struggle for power, the struggle for influence, the struggle for domination, where the strong man wins. There's those sorts of kingdoms. We know them all. We've been praying about them, haven't we? We see them on the news all the time. We worry about them. There's the kingdoms that are marked by brutality, by fear, by violence, by manipulation, where the weak man loses. And we know all about that as well, doesn't it? It moves our heart, doesn't it, when we see those pictures, those terrible pictures on the TV and we hear about those. There's those kingdoms that if you look deeper across society, then you see those hallmarks of kingdoms marked by isolation, by loneliness, by crime, um, endless chasing for money or for celebrity or for status or for something that's out there. But those kingdoms seem to offer something that people are chasing over. Other kingdoms marked by addiction or slavery, or poverty, pain and suffering. And that's without even talking about the environment and all the things that trouble us in our world. You know, it's a mess, isn't it? And it all seems so hopeless in, at one level, and we could get quite distraught about it. And even on our doorsteps in Reading, all of that, is, all that, that has been played out, just out there, just down the street, just in our town centres, from north to south, east to west of Reading, all of those kingdoms are in display in some way. Yet, people of God, the church in Reading, that's what we are, we're part of the church in Reading. We serve a king who oversees a kingdom quite unlike any of that, a kingdom beyond anything else that you could ever imagine or anything that's gone before, or anything that's likely to come on this earth. Quite unlike anything else on offer. And we know, don't we? It's a spiritual kingdom, that's why. It's a kingdom that is both now, but is yet to be fully revealed. It's a kingdom where God reigns supreme. God Almighty reigns supreme. And when you ask the question what does that kingdom of God look like, then 
There is one simple answer to that, one straightforward answer to that. It quite simply looks like Jesus. It quite simply looks like Jesus. It is fully known and fully revealed when we know Jesus. That's the bottom line. Its beauty, its values, everything that is so magnificent about it is fully known when we know Jesus. It's a kingdom of justice, of joy, of love and hope. All of those things that are the antidote to all that negative stuff that I talked about in the beginning. And yet, it's actually, I'm, I'm sure you'd agree here, quite a hard kingdom to get your head around at times, isn't it? It's a, it's a strange kingdom because it's an upside-down kingdom. It doesn't actually compete with those other kingdoms that I talked about. It's often counterintuitive. It's not what you think it is in quite the same way. You can't go after it in quite the same way. And yet, what's interesting is we, we prayed that prayer, didn't we? The Lord's Prayer. That's what Jesus instructs us to pray. In fact, he doesn't instruct us to pray that individually. We pray it together. We pray, thy kingdom come Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're a part of praying that kingdom into existence. That's what Jesus asked us all to do. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's a prayer fundamentally about hope and expectation, isn't it? It is, yes, personal to us collectively, but it's also about something we want to see happen in this world in our community, in our lives, in our families, don't we? So to help us understand what that kingdom, which is quite difficult to get your head around, what Jesus did was in his ministry, he gave us lots of examples, teaching, parables, stories that kind of hinted and helped us get a facet, an understanding of what that kingdom really looks like. And so that's where he starts often, the kingdom of God is like, and you probably can fill in. What did he say? It's like, it's like, anyone want to volunteer? It's like a mustard seed. It's like yeast. It's like treasure. It's like a net. It's like a pearl. It's like something that's really worth going for. It's like something that's got huge potential. It's got great value. It's got lasting value. And so all of those parables point to a kingdom really worth, worth searching for. And that's where we come to the passage that we looked at, we read today. And uh, if I could move that on. There we go. The parable of the growing seed. So this is what the kingdom is God is like, says Jesus. A man scatters seed on the ground. That's that seed, isn't it, of the word of God. Scattered out there, the farmer, a man. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and it grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts a sickle to it because the harvest has come. The farmer is closely involved in that whole process, isn't it? The seed doesn't just 
happen. He has to put it in the ground. He's positively involved. He's not passive. And that's uh, uh, an encouragement to us all. This kingdom involves us. We're part of the story. God involves us in what he wants to do. But ultimately, he doesn't know how things happen. He doesn't know quite what is going on, the farmer, because he does his part. He prepares the ground, he clears the weed, he puts the fertilizer in, maybe he waters it. But he goes to bed and things happen. Things happen. So what's going on? You know, I've, I think it's quite helpful if you think of your garden right now. Have you been out in your garden recently and had a look? I mean, it's the snowdrops, the crocuses, the daffodils. You know, it's a time of change, isn't it? Something is going on. Something unstoppable is going on. You can't actually stop it, can you? It's happening. In fact, it's a, it's a time we look forward to. It's a time of expectation. You get those sort of hints of what's going on here. There's a time when the waiting is over because for a long time there was nothing to see. Now, you might have planted those bulbs. You might have forgotten they were there, where they were last year. You um, maybe um, didn't know what was going to happen. Actually, it's lovely when you go into a new house. I don't know if you've ever been to a new house and a new garden, and you just wonder what on earth is in this garden as it grows and, and reveals itself. And there's a hint there of what God is talking about, what the Lord's saying here in this kingdom that starts small, but there's some tremendous change for good. It's full of surprise. And if it's full of surprise, what I've found is that's often a hint of the Holy Spirit at work when you see surprise, when there's beauty and blessing, when there's some joyful uplifting about what you see going on. We take delight, don't we? But there's a promise there. There's a promise there that though um, when the farmer does his work, he knows there is a harvest coming. And yet he has to stand back. He has to stand back and just acknowledge, you know, I've done my part. There's only so much I can do. The rest is up to God. The rest, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. The word of God is a really powerful growth agent, if you want to think about it like that. It's amazing what God is doing, hidden, out of sight very often, and we don't see it for a long time until it is revealed. But the great thing is, we get to play our part. So this is a parable of hope. This is in part what the kingdom of God looks like. Now Paul picks up this theme Again, in 1 Corinthians, our second verse. And uh, here he's talking again about seeds. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes it grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose. They will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are God's co-workers in God's service. We are God's field. The building, God's building. So again, he picks up this idea and begins to develop it. And the emphasis is on us all playing our part. We've all got something to contribute, but it is God who makes it grow. We serve a king, we do his will, we do it his way, we leave the rest to him. That's interesting. If you go back to the parable 
um, of the Good Samaritan. Uh, the story of the Good Samaritan, if you remember that story, that, um, you know, there's somebody who's helped. The person crosses the road, they help the person who's in danger, who's injured, and uh, they take care of them, they give them money, they ensure they're taken care of. But then we don't hear the end of that story, do we? We don't know what happened to that person eventually. And that's like many things, many ways in which we contribute to the kingdom of God. We do our part, we leave the rest up to God. He knows what happens eventually in that person's life. We can't force it, we can't speed it up, we're not in control, we can't claim the credit. This is all about God's kingdom and God's glory. You know, when the church works together, something incredible happens. You get to situations like this. Here we are. That was my garden last year. Imagine a surprise. No, it wasn't. <laughs> this is actually Wisley Gardens, if you recognize Wisley Gardens, yeah? Now, if you go to Wisley Gardens, there are, I don't know, 30 or 40,000 tulips when the tulips are due. It is a, an incredible sight. Uh, but somebody put all those tulips in the ground. <laughs> that was an awful lot of work. You know, they did it together. They did it as a team. You know, there were no superstars on that team, just people willing to work, just farmers, just planters, just gardeners, willing to all each play their part and put their bulb in the ground. Okay, there's a bit of coordination. That's how you get such a beautiful colour scheme. Um, but it's well, well, worth, well worth going um, if you have the opportunity. But that's just a hint of what God can do when his people work together. For, as, this, as it says there, we are God's co-workers in God's service. And that's the wonderful thing is, we get to be a part of building the kingdom. We get to pray the kingdom into being. We get to be a part of what God is doing. We're not just doing this on our own. We're not just doing it for ourselves. We work together in unity. We're involved in this grand project, bringing in this magnificent kingdom. Isn't that a privilege? You are God's field. That's what the kingdom of God looks like. So that lays a little bit of a foundation. Let's have a little bit further about what does the kingdom of God look like in practical terms. So, as a church, this is what the kingdom of God looks like. You're co-workers in what God is doing. All these magnificent activities we prayed for, all these things we do week by week, you can see some of them there and others. All of this stuff we commit, we, we're a part of, we're co-workers in that kingdom. So keep going. Be encouraged. There will be a harvest we leave it up to the Lord. We play our part. We do what he's called on each one of us to do. And we pull our hands up and we say, yes, I want to be a part of that. I want to be where God is moving, where God is working. I want to be a part of bringing this kingdom in. So thank you, everybody, who contributes to this work in this church. And thank you also for those who contribute to the other ministries that we do as a church. We prayed again about some of these this morning. You know, Frontline, I don't know if you people know much about Frontline. It's a very quiet ministry, but they help people 
who need debt advice on a Thursday morning. And it's hosted here in the church. The welcome course has made such a big difference to so many people coming into this town, to strangers who needed help. And Bed for a Night, of course, we've contributed, we've hosted, we're supporting, we're a part of what's going on in the community. We're doing our piece. Well done to everybody. And Hope in Action as well. A really vital ministry hosted the church working together for the homeless in this town. Now there's another element that beyond that where we need even more organisation and over the years there are many charities in the town who've worked alongside the churches. These are what I would call kingdom social action charities as opposed to there are lots of other Christian charities as well but these are particularly working amongst those uh, the less fortunate in the town and uh, there's some leaflets here afterwards you'll have seen many of these many of you in fact will have worked for them over the years many of you um, maybe work for them now and contribute which is fantastic but they are also there to help people in the community because they have heard the call of God to go out there and respond to the needs in the community and they all work together, and the leaders of those charities pray together along with the leaders of the church. You know, Reading is a really blessed town in many ways. There is so much going on, so many people who've heard that call and charities that are working. And uh, when you hear about other towns where that is not the case, it's a, it's a, a sadness really, because it's, it really is encouraging that so much is going on. Yet there's so much more. So... Over the years, these charities have responded to the needs of the town. And that leads me to the story of Torch. Because um, Torch really stands on the shoulders of those preceding charities. Many of them have been working for 20 or 30 years, working closely with the council, with the police, with the town centre, social services. And God's favour has really been upon that. And so they were sensitive to what was going on. Three years ago, actually, no, four years ago. Four years ago, something was happening, wasn't it? This time of year. Do you remember what was happening? We were hearing the first signs of a virus four years ago. Can you believe it? And over in early, on the eastern side of the town, there were seven churches where the church leaders had been meeting together and praying. And amongst them they felt that they should do something in response to the pandemic for people who were stuck at home and uh, people who couldn't get food or couldn't get medicine. And uh, so they just started just um, offering a service. About 30 people from those churches started helping um, delivering food or, or, or responding to a request. And that grew. And over the time of what was called the early help hub, um, they served about 700 people. That started in March of four years ago. By uh, the summer, the churches in West Reading that Jamie was part of, five pastors praying together, picked up the idea, invited those, the churches from early over to find out what they were doing. And out of that discussion and that desire to serve just in West Reading here and do something very similar, that journey, from that journey, Torch was born. And they decided to call it Torch rather than give it a geographic name to choose a more symbolic name. Now, as Torch got set up and 
Torch got to know the council and the needs and, and the responses, then uh, you can see on this uh, diagram, you know, there's the church right in the middle. You can see the beginning of people. Each of those flames represents somebody who called in for a request, either an email or a phone call or a, a referral. And uh, as Torch began to grow, all of a sudden, people were calling all over the town. Social services were calling us, the police were calling us. And we began to ask ourselves, well, if we don't respond, who will? And so that led to um, uh, us beginning to serve the town, from Cavisham to Green Park, from Woodley over to Tilehurst. And over time, Torch then merged with that early help hub and with something else in Whitley called Salt. And so we have one help hub across the whole town. One place that anybody in the public or social services or GPs or the police can come to because they have somebody who has an unmet need. They can then ask us to find a volunteer. And the volunteers from Torch come from churches all over the town, just like this church. So at this point, a big thank you to those who volunteer and who contribute to Torch in this church, because you've been really a, a big part of that story right from the beginning. We started actually on the 1st of February uh, 2021. So we're, we're just three years old as a charity. So God was moving us. And you can see that this is something, going back to that analogy of the, of the kingdom of growing, this was something totally unexpected. The pastors in West Reading just thought we were doing something very local here. But God had something else in mind, something way beyond our expectation, something just um, that no one could have made up along the way. And so we've got lots of churches who partner and, um, with us, and our vision is to provide help and hope to people in need by churches working together in unity. So that's why I like the phrase, we're part of the church in Reading. Because we're all working together. We, we knock down the walls, we work together in unity. We can all go and serve people in our community in the name of Jesus. We can all cross the road with that cup of water to go and help somebody in need. So if you don't know, these are some of the things we do on the right-hand side there on the screen. Everything from still responding to urgent help for people who are ill at home to going and doing practical tasks to personal help. Um, some of these are like DIY and gardening, but some others, personal things, helping people who can't fill in forms, people who need help to go to an appointment, people who are anxious or lonely, who need um, someone to come alongside them. You know, for many people, they don't enjoy what you're enjoying this morning. They don't have a community to go to. They don't ha have a sense of belonging. That's why they call us, because they have no one else to turn to. And that's a, a real privilege to serve. What the, the, if you like, those that Jesus particularly had a heart for, the last and the lost and, and the least and the left behind. Last year, we, had, um, we, we reached the point where we actually became a standalone charity. And uh, so we're, we're now in a, a, trying to work up everything that goes with being a charity and standing on your own two feet. But this is a summary 
of what happened last year. So in that year, we had 473 requests and were able to support or in some way respond to 339 families who called in for help. You can see there 14 partner churches and 21 supporting churches. So at one level, we're helping people with great need. But at another level, at the other end, God is doing something really interesting as he brings churches together to work together, to set aside our differences and to work together in Jesus' name. And in the middle is his people, his garden, his building, well, actually, he's doing something interesting as well in my heart as I seek to serve. And sometimes you think, don't you, when you're doing things for the kingdom or you're serving your neighbor or loving your neighbor, you think it's about the person that you're blessing. Actually, it's not necessarily about the act, but it's about what God's doing in your heart as he softens your heart and works in you. I think that's the intriguing thing in the midst of all this. He uses his people. So why wouldn't I want to be a part of God working in my life as I try and serve his agenda? You might ask, uh, well, what are, give, give us some examples of all the things that uh, you do. And... Um, I've done a, a little bit of a pricey summary here. You can read a little bit about some of these. It's, it's remarkable, the range of stuff that people ask for. And um, some very, very desperate situations, some very, very sad situations, some of which we can solve in an instant, and I can arrange a volunteer that afternoon to go and sort out someone's problem, some of which are very complex, involve a lot of... Um, Referrals and triaging with social services, with other charities, and uh, take a fair bit of time to organize. Now, Wing is one of our volunteers here. He's just going to come up. Do you want to come up, Wing? And, and um, uh, Wing is just going to share. One of, one of the uh, gentlemen, I think, that you've helped on a number of occasions, actually with quite a few others, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> so, Wing, you use that mic there. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. Uh, I'm in the DIY team of uh, Torch. And yeah, today I'd love to uh, share with you a, a case that uh, a client we served recently. We, we helped out uh, this client house for painting job and some roofing jobs. And uh, he, he's a music lover, so when we are working, he played the rock and roll and heavy metal music <laughs> with us. That, 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 was fun. that was fun when we were when we working. And he, he has a hard time doing some physical works because of uh, he suffered from uh, severe chronic fatigue syndrome. That uh, yeah, we're glad to help him, uh, and we're glad that uh, he start to uh, watch our service online recently, and also asked us to pray for him for 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 his health and his brother's health, and. Yeah, it's great to help our community and connect through faith. Thank you. Thank you, Wing. Thank you very much. So, so it's, uh, it, it, you know, many, many times, Wing's been to this gentleman many times. We, we sometimes, we get another phone call saying, could you send Wing around again? <laughs> it's, it's lovely because it's, we, we want to be relational. 
Yes, we want to go and paint someone's wall or put up a curtain rail. We get an amazing number of requests for curtain rails. But um, we want to go and help someone, but we want to be relational in doing that. We want to get to know them and help them. And it's great that he's watching, maybe online, or maybe sign, we signpost people to church activities all over the town. Now, another element of what we have been doing of late is actually churches have been coming together and sometimes, say, the men's group at a church might take on something. So we, this one was one at uh, Kennet Valley, who's recently joined us as a partner. So in this case, we actually refer on the whole task, which required a skip to be filled. Took eight men uh, a few hours on a Saturday morning. But, uh, you know, this gentleman, as you saw there, Stephen, um, you know, was so happy for me to share his story because he, he was just so blessed by those people coming into his life, because he's trapped at home, he's, he's really badly ill, he really couldn't deal with the issues and the, uh, the struggles that he had. But he's really blessed by meeting these amazing people, and he's invited them back. So um, we pray that Stephen would get so much better. And then here's another example. Um, in this case, this was Kennet Valley Free Church, and they, in one Saturday, 23 Guys from the church came and we did shifts, three hours in the morning, three hours in the afternoon, and painted three bedrooms and the landing, uh, two coats as well as stripping off the wallpaper on the landing. It was quite an incredible exercise. But you can see the difference there. For that family, a mother of five with a, a child in special care, and um, it was really a blessing. And it was a wonderful blessing to work together again across the churches. To, to just serve this family and just leave that sense, that atmosphere. We heard in that song, change the atmosphere uh, that for that family and for that situation. Um, uh, re really uh, great to be a part of that. And on some occasions, people are really so blessed that they uh, connect well with the church. And Sally Ann was somebody who came through a GP she went to see her GP. Her GP said, I think you need some help from someone like Torch. And um, in this case, it was someone from Christchurch in Tilehurst went along. Dan, the pastor there speaking. Sally Ann immediately connected with the church, immediately realized that this was the big hole in her life. And I had the joy of going to her baptism um, just in September, as you can see there. So, you know, for some people, the kingdom of God is fully revealed, if you like. And they complete a journey, and she's a part of that church going forward. And it's a wonder that that is a, is a great part that we all get to, to share in. So um, I'm going to finish here, and I, I really, really appreciate in this church, because so many people do already volunteer. If, I know some of you won't have heard this previously, but if you want to volunteer, you can click on that QR code, or you can come and sign a form afterwards. But I'm not here really to ask for volunteers, but just to encourage you uh, that God is at work, whether it's in your household or your neighborhood or your street, your town, God is at work. Come and be a part of it. Come and play your part, whether it's with Torch or the charities or the ministries of the church. This is the calling on all of us to go and do likewise. You know, it's a wonder, isn't it, that we get to be co-workers with God. We don't have to go and do this on our own and in our own strength. We get to share in what God is doing. We get to play our part to speak his words, to do his works,
to bring salvation. We do our part and we leave the rest up to him. He makes it grow. He provides that transformational power that we see in our gardens, but we see in some people's lives like Sally Ann's. He does the changing and the result is joy and surprise. And it's just a wonder to be a part of what God is doing. So please join in and thank you to the church. And by the way, the church also contributes financially to Torch, in case you didn't know. So that's a, it's great to have the backing and support and the support of Jamie. As you saw from that video, Jamie has been very instrumental in, uh, in, in helping and encouraging me personally and encouraging the church and other pastors as part of our journey of Torch. So thank you this morning.